Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Good evening, Patrick. How are you doing? Pretty good, Jeff. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Rocktober is off to a very interesting start. <laughs> I was like, it's Rocktober. It's going to be amazing. Nothing's going to, like, everything's going to be, go, like, excellent. Nothing bad's going to happen. It's all going to be just chill. No, <laughs> it's been, like, so busy and so crazy and just nonsensical. I'm like, all I want to do is just rest. Can yeah. I please rest? That's like, this is not how Rocktober is supposed to go. This is, like, like crazy stupid yeah. nonsense. Yeah, it'd be like that sometimes, I guess. It, it do be like that sometimes. But that's okay. We'll just just roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> My motto. Yeah. Yep. Roll with it as best you can. Rocktober and roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how are you doing? Doing great. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, settle into the new... I guess I said a new gig. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, it's relaxing, not as stressful. Pretty decent hours, <laughs> you know. So, um, so welcome change. I didn't nothing I would have expected or like mm-hmm. foreseen happening, but you know, it's it's cool. That's all. I'll just leave it. That's cool. It's cool. Yep. I do like how so. Patrick has several cameras that he gets to that he has where he's at in various different exterior and interior places. And he tells me about this. T- uh, was it your first night? First night, it wasn't it? Was, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was the first. Yeah. yeah. First night, he's telling me about how the screen is trying to recognize that there's somebody there. The only problem is there's nobody there. So I'm like, oh my god, you got a ghost. Yeah, because I literally this, just walked outside and came in. It, like vehicles that'll have like a little box around it. Mm-hmm. It'll have a little vehicle symbol. People are walking, they'll have like a little person when you put the mouse over it. And then it's a little table. I see a box. Something, oh maybe it's a squirrel or something. I hover the mouse <laughs> cursor over it. Person, you know, says somebody, somebody's sitting mm-hmm. there. So I zoom in, I'm like. There's nobody there. And as soon as I sent you that mm-hmm. pic, gone. <laughs> Nothing. I mean, now, that building is 150 years old. True. 152 years old. God, I could do. Oof. <laughs> 152 years old. There's a 100% chance that's a ghost. Yeah. I was like, I'm yeah. cool. I'll just stay where you are. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, wait, never mind. They're not there. It's gone. I go, <laughs> I went. It's because it's right behind you. <laughs> like, yep, I'm just going to keep looking forward. Cause not looking back. Because I just saw a smile. I'm not doing that. Yes, twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I said, no, nah, it's going to wind up being this creepy looking mascot. <laughs> Dude, I swear, I saw two yeah. different mascots yeah. in the game. I saw yeah. a normal tall one, then I saw a shorter one. I'm like, what's going on? It's... It's it's for the uh, Pee Wee division. Yeah, I mean, I, I figured that. I, I mean, it clicked in for me. I'm like, I was like, all right. I just had a moment, a little moment. 
has like, or I don't know, maybe, maybe that's the normal size one. Then, and whenever it needs a mushroom, it goes bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> it powers possible, up. possible. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, aren't you just riding the ATV? I'm like, you seem, you know, not as tall. <laughs> it was, it was a, it was a, one of the tiny tyke at, at yeah. ATVs. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. I was like, all right. That's amazing, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been enjoying that one. Uh, yeah, not. I feel like a lot of things, but at the same time, nothing has happened here. Like, I feel like there's a lot going on, but also not a lot going on. Yeah. Um, it's just been a busy week, but really nothing, I guess, out of the ordinary. Kids had their martial arts classes. Grayson had her gymnastics. Uh, she's getting closer to getting her uh, her back handspring. Handspring? Sure. That sounds like a thing. And just getting so close that, like, you know she's got it. Yeah. But she feels like she has to have one of the instructors, like, have his arm out for support. But mm-hmm. really, it's just there. Like for a mental thing, like it's like he can move his arm right before she does it and she'll do it. Yeah, she's got it. She's just psychologically in her head, just feel like she doesn't yet. So, yeah, she'll get there. Yep. I mean, like any other thing she's ever practiced on doing, she'll get, you know, once she gets it, she won't not get it. Like She'll have it from then on. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, she's. She's doing good. Um, York got some, uh, I guess that was last weekend. He'd got some new art supplies and everything. So he's all excited about all that. Yeah. Uh, got his Halloween outfit uh, ordered. It's an anime character, I think, from Tokyo Ghoul. I think that's what it's from. I forgot the character's name. Okay. Um, but he had to order the shirt and then like this kind of a jacket looking thing, almost like a jet. I would equate it to a Japanese cardigan. <laughs> I don't know what they call those, but yeah. um, I don't know what he's planning on doing for the rest of the outfit. But I finally got I got I told him. Yes. Yeah, I told him yesterday. I said, dude, I need you to get it sent to me. Like, send me those links ASAP so I can get it ordered so I can be sure it gets here. All right. You know, if it's unlike last year when he wanted to go as uh, Monkey Luffy from One Piece, mm-hmm. and there's absolutely zero outfits in this country available. Yeah. And it was back during the whole shipping crisis thing, and yeah. it was going to take like 60 days to get here. So he would get it by his birthday. Dang. <laughs> so. I said, well, bud, we can order it for cosplay or we could try and find something, but I, I don't think we're going to have much luck. So he, that's why he, uh, so he ended up going with the Assassin's Creed outfit, which is a badass outfit. And he looks amazing in it. And he's worn it three times, I think, three or four. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so hopefully these will, you know, this outfit will work out for him. He's very excited about it. So. Yeah. And then Grayson, sorry, planning on going as Dr. Jane Goodall. So got her little stuff champ, her out, her little sh- uh, shirt and uh, her button up shirt and two uh, 
chimpanzees, stuffed chimpanzees, mm-hmm. that can wear be worn around her neck or around her arm or something. So okay. that's what she wanted to go with. So like, okay, we we got you. Yep. And then uh, I got my blockbuster employee polo shirt and lanyard. So and then I went to. So I uh, I saw how cold it was going to be. So we're mm-hmm. doing Boo at the Zoo Friday. And which is for the Nashville Zoo, you walk around the zoo and they have different stations for kids to go up and get candy, like trick or treating. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we done it every year. Ran to uh, a couple of players from the Nashville Predators last year, so that was really cool, including Grayson's favorite player. So this year, uh, planning on Friday, but it's supposed to be like the highest it's going to be in the. Like 67, and the low will be 41, which obviously won't be that cold when we go. But it'll the sun will go down. It'll be at least in the 50s. Right. I'm like, I am not going to wear a polo shirt in 50 degree weather. So I'm like, okay, what can I do? So I know Hobby Lobby has a blockbuster logo like patch. Mm-hmm. So I ordered a blue sweatshirt, like a royal blue sweatshirt, and I'm going to go get the patch and just iron it on and. And then I'll still wear my polo underneath, but when it gets cold out, I could just put the sweatshirt on and pop the collar out and put mm-hmm. it over, and then put my lanyard over, and then boom. Still in costume. There you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So got to improvise. <laughs> so, but I saw a meme. It was really funny. It was like when you're when you're wearing a uh, when you're wearing a sick Halloween costume, but your mom still wants you to put a jacket on because it's cold out. Mm-hmm. And it's the picture of uh, Pattinson in the Batman outfit, but with like a jacket over him, or like a <laughs> almost looks like a blanket almost over him. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a bathrobe. That's what it was, but a bathrobe over it, and he's just looking very stoic. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, it's a hundred percent what it's like. It's funny. Yeah. Catch your death of cold. Yep. Put something on. Got your neck out. <laughs> Cover it up. <laughs> <laughs> but mom, I'm the knight." <laughs> I am vengeance. <laughs> yes. But mom, you're not supposed to be here. I'm Batman. I'm Batman, yeah, you're dead. You're dead to me. <laughs> now lie on the ground. That would be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. But yeah, so everybody's got all their stuff ready to go. Um, but yeah, all things going well so far. It's good. Yeah. Everybody's having a good time. Kids are on our, you know, my uh, Nash, Metro Nashville schools are on fall break this week. So kids are out uh, enjoying some time off. Teachers, more importantly, are enjoying a much needed time off. Yeah. <laughs> so most importantly, congrats to them for being able to do that at least. Got that little break. My daughter yes. doesn't have hers until it starts the 17th, so okay. after this week, then hers yeah. starts. Gotcha. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yep. Awesome. All right, man. Uh, let's get into trailers real quick. So I've got six trailers to go over. The first one being the Super Mario Brothers movie. Coming out in April sometime. No date given yet. No date yeah. listed yet. Just April. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I guess that's a start. 
Uh, so we all know a plumber named Mario travels through an underground labyrinth with his brother Luigi trying to save a captured princess. So this is made by Nintendo, but also Illumination. Yep, yep. Same company that does the minions. Yep. It looks fun. I mean, from what I've seen, from what they've shown in the teaser. Uh, Chris Pat, Pratt will voice Mario, which, you know, it's voice acting, so apparently only Chris Pratt can get a job doing voice acting. Uh, whatever. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy will play Princess Peach. Charlie Day plays Luigi. Jack Black will play Bowser. Uh, Keenan Michael Key will play Toad. Seth Rogen, Donkey Kong. Uh, Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. And let's see, Kevin Michael Richardson as Kamek. And Sebastian Manicascalo as Spike. And then, you know, others. Oh, uh, Carrie Payton from Walking Dead is playing the Penguin King. So, he was uh, on Walking Dead. He was one of my favorite characters. Oh, it's weird. You have the original Mario voice actor, yes. Charles yes. Martinet, in here, but it just his yes. voice. So, maybe yep. maybe he's doing, like, the jumps. Maybe that's, maybe, like, when he jumps, he does the sound. Uh-huh. Then, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe he does that. All right. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe if he miss, or if he misses someone, oh, oh, oh no! <laughs> Why not just have the dude just do the voice? I just I yeah. don't get it. Like I get you need to have like a, I get wanting to have a big name actor. Mm-hmm. You I know, to, like, you have like well, and here's the thing. Like I get companies being like, oh, we have to have a major name, or else we will not make any money overseas. Bruh, overseas is what made the game. I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be there. They know they know who Mario is. It's, They've been knowing since the 80s. <laughs> exactly. Also, it's not live action, so nobody's right. scared about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's animated, so it should everybody should be like, everybody's going to go. I mean, everyone's yep. going to go. And it looks good. And it looks, yeah, it already yeah. looks hilarious. Mm-hmm. Just from what we've seen in the trailer. And I just don't think Chris Pratt needs to have every voice acting role. Like, I don't dislike Chris Pratt, but I mean, come on, what voice actors have a chance? <laughs> like, people yeah. that have been, that, like, this is their job. At first, I was thinking, is this going to be a, oh, Chris Pratt's somebody who falls into the world of Mario and he takes on his avatar and that's why he sounds like him? Right. Oh, so I'm, like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, please don't do that. It, it's just because you just watched Avatar recently. I think that's part of it. Mm, I mean, it could be, but same yeah, same time. At the same, same time, time, I'm not wrong. <laughs> yeah, because you know he comes down, and he's looking lost, and then Toad's like, "Come on, Mario!" And you know, I feel like in the movie to be like, "Oh, I guess that's who I am." <laughs> yeah, I mean, let me play along. I don't know. We'll uh, see. Yeah, that that was just yeah. a concern I had. I, said, I hope that's not what they're doing. I mean, that's a legitimate concern too. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. I think it'll be fun. I mean, Illumination hasn't really screwed things up as far as animated movies. Because, I, I mean, we all enjoyed the last Minions one, so, last couple. So, I think we'll be doing all right. Plus, the animation looks amazing already. So, I'm just curious how much Jack Black will ham it up. 
Jack Black will Jack Black it up. There we go. That's Bowser. I bet. So far, I bet. Good. Yeah, I bet there's always one musical number though. He's gonna do metal. He's gonna do at least one metal song. Bowser's rock yeah. out song. Do 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 like like he does it like Bowser's one that does it is not actually the music. It's just yeah. I can see that. Yeah, me too. All right, next up, uh, coming out December second, we have a violent night when a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family. Santa Claus must step in to save the day and Christmas. <laughs> Starring David Harbour from Stranger Things as Santa Claus, John Leguizamo as Ben, Beverly D'Angelo as Gertrude Lightstone, uh, Cam Ginadet, Brendan Fletcher as Krampus, Edie Pattinson as Alva, Alex Hassel as Skyler, and others. Um, it, this looks crazy fun. I mean, obviously, not for, it's going to be rated R, and it looks like it already has a runtime of one hour and 41 minutes. So it looks, it's again, not going to be a kid's movie, but it's it looks like it's going to be an awesome action movie that takes place during Christmas. So a Christmas movie. A Christmas movie. Uh, let's see here. Keep... Next, we have uh, Slumberland, rated PG, which looks like a runtime of one hour fifty-seven minutes. Coming to Netflix on November eighteenth, a young girl discovers a secret map to the dream world of Slumberland, and with the help of an eccentric outlaw, she traverses. Dreams and flees nightmares with the hope that she will be able to see her late father again. Starring Jason Momoa, Kyle Chandler, Chris O'Dowd, Humberly Gonzalez, Mercedes Blanche, India de uh, Beaufort, Marlo Barkley, and Ruch or Uche. Opaya, directed by Francis Lawrence. It looks cute. It, yeah, it looks cute. It looks very interesting too, and yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just wondering how dark it's going to be, though. Yeah. Or a PG. I mean, I. We'll see. Uh, next up. Coming this uh, November 16th to Netflix is The Wonder. A rated R with an outrun time of 1 hour 43 minutes. A tale of two strangers who's tra- who transform each other's lives. A psychological thriller and a story of love pitted against evil. Starring Florence Pugh. Uh, Niamh uh, Algar. Karrion Hines, Tom Burke, Toby Jones, Elaine Cassidy, and uh, yeah, looks good. It's, it looks like it's going to be, you know, it's kind of a period piece. So, well, say I don't do super great with period pieces, but it looks interesting. And then coming to Apple TV, a known date, 
Uh, we have Causeway from A24 and Apple TV, we'll say. A U.S. soldier suffers a traumatic brain injury while fighting in Afghanistan and struggles to adjust to life back home. Uh, rated R with a red time hour 32 minutes. Starring Jennifer Lawrence, Brian Tyree Henry, Linda Imond, Jane Hattieshell, and Steve McKinley. So, looks interesting. It's like it might be one of those trying to get some awardsy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's the uh, official term now, awardsy stuff. And then, uh, let's see here. And then lastly, we have Emancipation, starring Will Smith, coming to Apple TV. This one's interesting because it has a theater release date and a streaming release date. So Emancipation, uh, a runaway slave forges through the swamps of Louisiana on a torturous journey to escape plantation owners that nearly killed him. Starring Will Smith, Ben Foster... Because he, of course, is going to play the bad guy because he always plays the bad guy. <laughs> Grant Harvey, David Denman from The Office. Stephen Ogg, who, of course, always plays the bad guy. Uh, Imani Poem, Charmaine Bingwa, and Paul Ben Victor. Directed by Antoine Fuqua. Coming to theaters. December 2nd and to Apple TV plus December 9th. And that's our trailers. A lot coming out or a lot of trailers out, a lot of interesting ones too. Um, all right, moving on to our feature presentations, plural, cause we're just, we've all, we didn't see we didn't watch any of the same movies, although we did watch the same TV specials. <laughs> so, yeah. but uh, since you went first last week, I'll go first this week. So this week for my, I guess, main attraction, Grayson and I, I took Grayson to her four, to her first 4DX movie. The So the Nashville Zoo has something like a 4DX and they're mm -hmm. only like five minutes long, five, ten minutes long. And they have like an Ice Age one, and I forgot what else. That's similar to it, from what I understand. And she really liked that. And I told her that York and I had been to like full movies where they do that. She's like, really? I want to go to one. And I'm like, I don't think they do them for movies that I take you to go see. Bum, bum, so, yeah. Lo and behold. Lo and behold, oddly enough, one involving a zoo animal. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Yeah. Uh, Grayson had been wanting to go see, go to the movies, and there just hasn't been anything out for kids that she hasn't already seen. And so I think Superhero Pets was the last one she saw in theater. Yes, because she saw that after Minions, I believe. Uh so, yeah, it's been a minute. And so, finally, Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile, based on the kids' book series, came out to theaters to, uh, this weekend. 
So I was looking at the movie times and I saw that they were playing it in 4DX. And what first I laughed. I'm like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. Why are they going to have this movie in 4DX? Right. <laughs> like, I was like, uh. And then I, you know, I talked to Ruth. About it. I go, I mean, she's been wanting to go. I just don't know if I want to see this should be it. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, you know, I'll treat her. We'll go see this in 4DX, you know, because this may, you know, this may turn out to be a good thing as to, you know, kind of ease her into that. Yeah. Especially when, you know, for an eight year old. Because taking her, if I would take her to Top Gun and uh, for her first one, yeah. Like, I'm done, Betty. (laughs) Yeah. 30 minutes, we would have been out. So this was a great introduction to the 4DX experience. Uh, but first, first off, Lyle, 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 Crocodile, rated PG, one hour, 46 minutes long. Probably could have shaved off to about 10, five or, you know, at least 10, maybe 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, would have been okay, but it's, it's all good. Um, is the, this is the feature film based on the children's book about a crocodile that lives in New York City. And he... Doesn't talk, but he does sing. So, and he does dance. So, the movie stars Constance Wu as Mrs. Prim, Javier Bardem as Hector P. Valenti, Scoot McNary as Mr. Prim, a Brett comedian slash also Stranger from Stranger Things, Brett Gelman as Mr. Grumps. Uh, musician Sean Mendes does the voice of Lyle and obviously the singing as well. Yeah. Then Winslow Fegley plays Josh Prim, who's the one that the kid, or is the kid that the that Lyle befriends. So basically, what happens is Hector Valenti is this magician trying to make it big, mm-hmm. trying to break into show business and be an entertainer. So they go, he goes on a show that's similar to like America's got talent, but just different name. Yeah. I think it's called like, show me what you got. So he's a failure, you know, they like second or third time. And it's just not working out. Goes to a pet store. You know, the pigeons aren't working out for him flying out of his jacket or anything or under, or from under his head. So he, discovers in the back room of this animal store a singing crocodile, like a baby crocodile. Mm-hmm. So he immediately brings it home because he's thinking, you know, this is how I'm going to make it big. This is how I'm going to break into it. And he teaches it a musical number and, they, you know, basically doing this duet, this whole, this whole thing. And he ends up, in order to get a stage to perform on, essentially the theater owner handshake deal of you know i will bet my house more or less that you know use this as collateral Mm -hmm. that this will be a success so opening you know everything's going great opening night stage fright alligator gets or the crocodile gets stage fright doesn't sing it's just the dude and it's uh it didn't go great so hector's having to go back on the road to try and now recoup you know all the money yeah and basically 
leaves Lyle up in the attic of, of his house. So you fast forward 18 months. You know, Lyle, of course, feels terrible about right. it because, you know, it's got stage fright, you know. It's dope. But they don't really talk about it. They just, you know, he's just really upset about it. So, you know, Hector's gone 18 months. Apparently, somehow, the school board somehow now owns the townhouse somehow. That's the weirdest thing that you just go with, because why wouldn't the school board have a house that they could bring a new teacher into to live in? That's how New York City works, apparently. (laughs) This person's been gone for 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So... You know, so the Prims move in. Mr. Prim is going to be the new math teacher at the school. Um, Mrs. Prim is a very successful um, cooking book, cooking book, cookbook author. There we go. So she's, but she's also kind of taking a break from that to help spend time with their son, Josh. Josh is actually, is technically her stepson. Uh, his mom passed away when he was two. So when his dad remarried, you know, so she's been around most of his life. Uh, and Josh is just always scared or nervous about something, about everything. And it's all because, you know, his dad was scared after they lost, you know, after they lost Josh, Josh's mom died. She's been scared ever since. So it's, kind of trans transference, I guess, onto him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So they're trying to walk into school and everything. He's, like, terrified of how long it's going to take and having to get onto a subway and trying to make friends and all this other stuff. Yeah. And then um, it's just uh, difficult for him. But he keeps hearing noises up in the attic while he's trying to sleep. And so he eventually goes up there, sees Lyle, but Lyle's pretending to be like a taxidermied animal, I guess is a good way to put it. Because yeah. he's inside like this literally glass case with a note saying, this is Lyle, take very good care of him while I'm gone, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So the next night, hears more noises, goes back up there. Not in his cage anymore. He heard singing. That's what it was. Went upstairs, knows he wasn't in his little glass case thing. And he was turned around. And he, of course, freaks out. And then uh, Crocodile runs out the window. Josh starts chasing after him and everything. And, you know, all the stuff that he was worrying about earlier just escapes his brain. Yeah. You know, chasing after Anyways, it. They end up befriending each other and try, trying to get him to sing and do more things, stuff like that. So now he's having to keep it a secret from his mom and his dad and all that. So meanwhile, at some point, his mom comes in and finds out, you know, what the crocodile's doing and everything. In order to somehow Josh convinces her to keep for them to, to let them keep it. And not tell the dad. And so he goes to school and everything. She comes back. And like Lyle could tell that she misses cooking, that she's playing everything safe and not taking any more chance, not taking any chances in her cooking now. And that's why she's kind of lost 
her motivation to write any more books because she's not she's not taking any more chances. So of course through a musical number, Wild gets her to Wild starts cooking and then gets her to start adding ingredients, start cooking again too. So of course now they've befriended because you know their love of doing all that together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then basically just through series of events. Of course, the neighbor, Mr. Grumps, is hating all this noise, knows something suspicious is going on. And there, for some reason, his cat, Loretta, who's very got a very sensitive stomach, <laughs> keeps coming home and trying to find out, you know, or, uh, keeps getting sick and you can't figure out why. It's because Loretta keeps going out with Lyle and Josh at night and they're like dumpster diving. And eating all this horrible stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it's, and basically, I mean, it's very low conflict. Then at some point, you know, uh, Javier Bardem's character comes back in. And apparently with the contract, it's, even though he lost the bet, there was a clause in there that he could stay at the house 15 days out of every year. Seems really weird why it's 15, not like just two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks in a day, I guess. So it's really silly, obviously. But overall, this movie is actually pretty funny. I mean, it's it's entertaining. I didn't think I was going to like this. I was like, I'm just I'm going because she needs to go. I mean, she hasn't been in a while. Let's go see this. And it's mm-hmm. probably not going to be. I was surprised at how much I actually enjoyed it. Now, I think a lot of it probably had to do with the 40X. Because the chairs are moving, obviously, when there's dancing and stuff where I mean, it's a townhouse, so there's multiple stairs, so that seats kind of recline back to show that it's like either panning up or walking up. Yeah. And then there's always, whenever they're splashing in water and during a dancing, or or they or Lyle spits something out, like the cat, <laughs> the water sprays every time. So I thought that was hilarious. Whenever he spit the cat out, and then the water sprayed and got right on us. <laughs> I started I started laughing because I thought that was hilarious. And just the use, the various uses of 40X. There's a lot of strobes in this one. So if you go to 40X, I mean, you have a pro, you are susceptible to epilepsy. You probably shouldn't be going to, to 40X anyways because of the strobes. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are, if you don't have, but you still don't like strobes, this, this one uses a lot of strobes just for lights. You know, especially during the musical performances. There was, this is a great introductory to 40X for anybody that's never had been to one. Yeah. Because probably the most intense that this movie is, is one during the demonstration, which I warned Grayson about to begin with. Yeah. So you may get a little scared because it's the first time and things start happening. Just know I don't think this movie is going to be as intense as the demonstration. And I was right. It's not. There is like a small, like a very short car chase towards the end of the movie. And really still not a whole lot occurred movement wise. This is a very tamed down version of a normal 4DX experience. Um, But it's perfect if you've never done done one or you have younger kids like Grayson's eight, like kids her age. And you want you'd like for them to kind of experience something like that. This would be a good movie that's kind of gives them a little introduction to that kind of experience. It's not too intense. No, it's not too intense, but it, the shoulder poppers 
got me several times. It hit Grayson in the back of the head once and in the back of the neck once because she's short. Yeah. Now I warned her that. So now because you're short, it's not going to hit you in the shoulders. I said it may hit. You. I said it may hit you higher up. So just, just kind of have, just understand that going in. You know when before all yeah. this started, and I showed her like before the movie started where everything was, and that she could turn the water off if she wanted. But it was up to her. Yeah. There was a couple times she got off the platform and just stand stood on the floor, mm-hmm. more or less just to stretch and kind of yeah. take a break, which is understandable. But much like bullet train, it's not. Constant. It's not constant. Like it's very, I I would say through maybe 30, probably 45, 40, 45% of the movie had something going on. But I wouldn't say like, I don't like, like say Top Gun, it's like 90% of the movie. Yeah. But, or something like that, but, or Bullet Train's probably, I would say 75%. But uh, this one's probably maybe 50 at best. At most fifty percent, but it's also because there's a lot of just standing dialogue and you know, basically the musical numbers is when a lot of things happened. So, but it was fun. I mean, but it was a fun experience, and I'm glad I took her. Uh, she said she really enjoyed the movie, um, and she did like the 40x, but she obviously didn't like getting getting popped in the back of the neck or in the back of the head. But yeah. And that the water got in her eyes a couple of times, but or you know on her face, but her other than that, she, she yeah, get her, she get her, she get her boosted uh, yeah, tied in right. Yep, I told her we weren't getting popcorn. She goes, "What?" I said, "Trust me." I said, "I tell you what, we can get." I said, "You can get candy because it's got cup holders." Mm-hmm. It was so funny because she was when the during the demonstration, she kept reaching for the cup, like the the lid of the cup to hold it down. She was afraid the drink was going to fall out of the couple. Yeah, it was really, it was really kind of sweet. Yeah, and we had a lot of good, and we had a lot of good dad snuggle time, daddy daughter snuggle time. So that's that's one thing. It, it does a great job as far as the cup, uh, the cup holder. It doesn't throw your drink everywhere. So I was like, because I did, I, I had a drink during Doc Strange, not Doc Strange, Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I looked down like, it's still there. <laughs> I'll be I'm like, like, all right. Yeah. My my butt yep. left the seat, but my drink's still there. <laughs> yep. yep. She got M and M's, and they stayed in the cup holder. So that's good. She was worried about them too. <laughs> It'll be fine. We did see one there, and the theater wasn't full at all. I mean, yeah. of course, there's, but there's about, you know, they six sets of families. Right. So maybe twenty people there, if even that. I didn't think that many, but it's twelve o'clock on the Sunday in 4DX, so it's probably. Yeah, not peak time for that, but it's you know it was it was fun. She really enjoyed it. So I and, and I told her too. I said you know these are based on books, so you can actually get the book and we could and you could read the book. She's eight, so she's the one that's reading now, not me. Right. I said so you can go to your library at school and go check it out. I said or we can go to the one by the house and go check it out there. True. But, you know, definitely encourage that. So. Um, if you have kids, yeah, this is a fun movie. It's not I, the preview makes it. I want to say cringy, but it makes it harder for parents to want to watch it. I mean, kids are going to be all over it, especially ones that love singing and dancing in movies. Mm-hmm. But I promise, there's there's enough. I think I've I believe there's enough for everybody to watch okay. in this movie. So, yep. 
Lyowell Crocodile. All right. Um, <clears throat> my main movie is not going to be for everyone. <laughs> barely, barely for me. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember. Did I, did I ever talk about the first one when we were yes, recording? You did. You did? Yep. Okay, I kind of felt. So, I went to see Terrifier Two. Um, if you haven't seen the first one, this is going to be a spoiler for that, but um. It's about Art, Art the Clown. It's just clown that's just psychotic, just killing people. Don't need a reason, mm-hmm. just does it. And at the end of that one, he seemingly offs himself, but somehow survives it. <laughs> and so this is kind of a continuation. Michael Myers effect. Yeah. Um, so Terrifier 2 released October 6th. Um, before that, it was released at Fright Fest August 29th of this year. Has a runtime of two hours and 18 minutes, directed by Damien Leone, and it stars Lauren Levera as Sienna. You have Elliot Fulham, Sarah Voigt, uh, Kaylee Hyman, Casey Harnett, uh, Samantha uh, Scafidi, uh, David Howard Thornton, who plays Art the Clown, mm-hmm. and even wrestler Chris Jericho makes an appearance. Nice. In here somewhere. Um, after being resurrected by a sinister entity, Art the Clown returns to the timid town of Miles County, where he targets a teenage girl and her young younger brother on Halloween night. Craziest things happen on Halloween night. That's oh, so weird. I wonder why <laughs> that is. So the, the previous movie takes place in 2017, and this is a year later. So it's 2018. So it's not current, current, but they still have, mm-hmm. you know, I guess, cell phones and everything. So, somehow, Art the Clown has survived the events of the first movie. Um, they even show bits and pieces of an interview that the only survivor from that movie, that, from that movie made. And um, basically saying, no, I know he died. I saw it. Yeah. And But it's just a, like a little montage of him cleaning himself up. Um, he literally... Like I said, this isn't for you, Jeff, because there's eye stuff. Nope. Nope. So he did lose an eye in the first one. He gets a replacement. <laughs> Won't go into how he does that, but he does that. He goes to a laundromat to clean his clown outfit, and he sees this little girl, this real creepy, creepier than Annabelle, like hair and pigtails, mm-hmm. similar clown makeup, really dirty looking teeth, and just a smile. I immediately thought of the movie Smile. I'm like, yeah, she's got that smile, smile. <laughs> mm. And um, and so there's like one sole person in the laundromat, and he's talking to the little girl, but the guy sees he just he doesn't see he sees him, but he doesn't see the little girl. So the girl is kind of in Art's mind, and um, they're playing patty cake for some reason. I don't know why. It's almost like two kindred spirits meeting, <laughs> right? In a way. And um, so anyway, Art gets his. Um, clown outfit cleaned up and this gentleman in, in the laundromat should have stayed asleep. Now he's permanent sleep. <laughs> wow. Let's put it that way. <laughs> he should have stayed asleep. Yep. Um, but anyway, we got this family, the Shaws with uh, Sienna Shaw, Jonathan Shaw and their mother, Barbara. Um, Jonathan's a little weird. He wants for Halloween. He wants to dress up as art, which his sister thinks is weird. You know, and his mom, makes a statement like, do you see people dressing up as Jeffrey Dahmer? 
you know, like what, would, what if somebody killed one of us and then a year later they dressed up like the killer, like to celebrate it, you know, trying right. to make it make sense. Like, why are you doing this? And, you know, he's like, no, nah, I just want to wear it. Like, I won't even put the makeup on. Just let me put the clown outfit. You know, he's set on doing it. And then Sienna is taken after her, her dad, who was an artist who passed away. And um, she's building this costume where she's got wings, kind of like a warrior outfit, almost like mm-hmm. Wonder Woman in a way. Yeah. Um, so they're getting ready for Halloween. She's got a party to go to. He's wanting to go trick-or-treating. Um, so it kind of felt like um, Halloween in a way because Sienna's got two girl, two two late two girlfriends, and they have a, a high school scene. But then she starts kind of kind of tripping a little bit. She has a dream where it kind of felt like a Nightmare on Elm Street where yeah. She's she's in a dream, but she doesn't realize it. And it's like a real yeah. creepy kind of TV show atmosphere where someone is singing. You got these other kind of teenage kids singing. Art the Clown shows up and pretty much annihilates everyone. Uh, someone catches fire. She's got candles on her table that catch fire, almost burning the house down. Like it's a big enough flame. Mom gets mad at her. It's like, why did you leave your candles lit? It's like didn't do that so basically her her dreams manifest it to something real um so that's that's kind of like the setup she starts seeing yeah. art even her brother starts seeing art and so it's kind of like they feel like they're going crazy but um this is it's not really it's like a simple story it's not much to it it's mostly just about art and his gruesome and grotesque death scene kill kill scenes and it's really over the top it kind of reminds me of like the old 80s practical effects of you know just blood and guts if you like slashers yeah this is this is for you if you're kind of squeamish on eye stuff there's there's a lot of eye stuff in this so you might want to stay away yep yeah i will not be seeing yeah. it it's just straight up slasher because <laughs> if, you're, if you're into that that's that this is what this is I will say they could have trimmed it a little bit. Two hours and 18 minutes is a little longer than the first one, which is about two, an hour and 48 mm-hmm. minutes, I think. They probably could have trimmed about 15, 20 minutes from it. Um, but yeah, the, um, they definitely had a little more money. I mean, it kind of, yeah. it's filmed kind of similar, but you can tell they had a little more money because they had some, some of the effects they had. They had to have some, like there's one scene. I know they put a lot of money into this one scene, the, the practical effects alone. Um, but he's not playing in this one. He, you know how you have in movies where they the the, the villain yeah. kind of hesitates and plays with him. Nope, nah. nope. If he if he wants you gone, <laughs> you're gone. And it's very, it's almost like torture porn, I guess yeah. you say in a way. Yeah, so it's kind yeah. of in that realm. So um, so if you're not into that, it might not be a thing. But if you've watched the first one and you liked it, I think you'll enjoy this. It is a little longer. But again, if you're like if you're loving slasher movies, this is definitely going to be a fave. Nice. And if and definitely have a palate cleanser ready afterwards, <laughs> like a comedy nice. or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so for my next one, I watched on Netflix, Mr. Harrigan's Phone. Ready PG thirteen, hour and forty four minutes long. When Mr. Harrigan dies, Craig, the teen who befriended, who he befriended and did odd jobs for, uh, put his smartphone in his pocket before burial. 
When the lonely youth sends his dad or his dead friend a message, he is shocked to get a return text. Now, the way that reads, it made it sound like he put Mr. Harrigan's phone in. Craig put it in Craig's pocket. He put Mr. Harrigan's phone in Mr. Harrigan's coat pocket in his casket, you know, at the funeral. That's how that should have read a little bit better. Um, This is based on a novella from Stephen King. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is directed by John Lee Hancock, who has also done, uh, done films such as uh, The Little Things from HBO uh, with Jared Leto and Denzel. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Paradise Lost TV series, The Highwaymen that was on Netflix, uh, The Founder about about the uh, when uh, Michael, Michael Keaton played the founder of McDonald's, Ray Kroc, uh, Saving Mr. Banks, The Blind Side, The Alamo, The Rookie, all those movies. Uh, it's produced by Ryan Murphy, who does all the American Horror Story and all that stuff. And uh, so this movie is not set in current times. This is back when smartphones were still new. So in all the in Craig's going to high school, he's a freshman in high school. You know, he's doing all this stuff now and he's. uh so when, first off, sorry, I fast forwarded too far into the story. Basically, his so his mom dies uh, of an aneurysm, just up and dies. So it's just him and his dad. So you know they go to church and everything, and Mr. Harrigan's this old rich white dude, and he sees you know Craig and reading you know do, reading up on or doing the reading what they do at church. And knowing that he had lost somebody, he starts, he talks to Craig's dad about him coming over and reading to him mm-hmm. and, you know, paying money to essentially read to him. And basically it's just two lonely people getting together and not being lonely. So, uh, he does this consistently all the way for years and years and years and years. So he's now, in, you know, fast forward up to high school. He's still going over three times a week. You know, reading and spending, you know, they're spending time together. Well, one day, you know, he, uh, when he was in high school, he was like, you know, all, this, all the cool kids have smartphones, you know. They sit at this table. You know, if you have, if you have like a, a Blackberry, you sit at this one. You said some knockoff, you said this one. But the, all the cool kids have iPhones. Because, again, <laughs> when the story was written, it, iPhones had just come out, so of course all the cool kids had iPhones. Yeah. Um. So of course Craig wants an iPhone for his birthday, and they're expensive. You know, single parent, all that. He ends up getting one, and becomes one of the cool kids. Connects, and he's still friends with his other friends as well. But they, uh, and all of his other friends get phones too, just not iPhones. So they're still sitting at different tables, but they're still. You know, they're not, like, excluding each other. They're still hanging out. But he's meeting other people as well. And he ends up befriending... uh, He ends up befriending... 
you know, he's seeing Mr. Harrigan and everything. He ends up showing him how to change like ringtones and stuff like that on his iPhone because he gets he, Mr. Harrigan gets an iPhone too, and he plays. Uh, so he sets it to the ringtone of his favorite song, and it's uh, "Stand by Your Man" by Tammy Wynette. So anytime like Mr. Harrigan calls, you know he has that. They both have it set as their ringtones for each other. Right. So, and then time passes. Mr. Harrigan's found dead. Or he finds Mr. Harrigan dead when he goes to read to him. He ends up grabbing his phone on, you know, out of his hand because, uh, and then puts it in his pocket. And then he ends up having his phone until, you know, the time of his funeral. Then he puts it back in his coat pocket because he realized he still had it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they had the burial. He's in the ground. Some time passes, and then his phone rings. He starts getting these mysterious text, ma- random, like, tech, like very cryptic text messages from his phone. Mm-hmm. And then, like, phone calls, but n- nothing's being said. So then he calls and leaves, like, voicemail, essentially, like, voicemails. And just talking about his day and then talking about things that are happening and basically crappy things that are happening, people that are, this kid that's picking on him at school and everything, and then the next thing you know, the kid is dead. Dang. Yeah. By, you know, like an accident or something like that. Yeah. And then when he calls and, you know, it's serious events, you know, it's start having, he's trying to figure out what all this, why all the stuff's, weird stuff's going on. But every time he calls, when he gets mad about somebody, that next day or two, like he had a favorite teacher that dies, and then he's mad about how the person didn't really get punished. Uh, and so, sure enough, a couple of days later, this person winds up dead in the shower, and they're trying to. So it's about him trying to figure out how all of this is happening. Like he. And mind you, he's still getting these like weird, like cryptic texts that are like a couple of letters. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even like a sentence or anything like that. It's just. And so he's having to try and put the pieces together. So it's more of a mystery than it is a horror movie. Yeah. Because you really not see anything that kind of goes on. This is. Not even like an adult. This is more like a tween or kind of thriller, I guess, more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoyed it, but I. Like, I could see, like, tweens or teens kind of enjoying this just because it's it's more geared towards their age group because it's happening to kids their age. Right. And so it doesn't show, unlike your movie that showed everything, <laughs> this one hardly shows anything. So it, it's just more implied violence, I guess is a good way to put it. Okay. And... You know, I kind of like that because not everything needs to be shown. Like if it does, it's fine. But, you know, the. The mystery of having to guess what happened and having to use your imagination to me is always far more scarier. Yeah, yeah, it's always far scarier than something that is shown. And this movie does a lot of that. So it's. Done pretty well. The acting is not bad, you know, for for what it is and for who it's kind of geared towards. Mm -hmm. I think it's done really well. The only thing, the only thing I 
I guess I would say dislike about it is just how it ended. The ending seemed kind of lame. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted more from the ending because I enjoyed it. I just feel, feel like the ending was kind of a letdown. I just wanted more from it. But it was still good. I'd still enjoyed it. I, def- I still think it's worth a watch. Again, it's not going to be. It's listed as horror, but I would say mystery thriller more than anything. Yeah. But I did enjoy it, so I will. Uh, I will put that on the recommend. So it could be your palate cleanser. <laughs> Still on the move or something kind of creepy, but but really kind of overseeing everything. There you go. Yeah. On the on the Netflix. And it does star Jaden Martell, who's been in the It Chapter Two or It and It Chapter Two. He played Ben Dembro and those movies um there's reference to the red devil lottery scratch-offs which is a nod to ryan murphy's red devil uh serial killer that was in the scream queens tv show yep yep bye ryan yeah ready sticking with netflix my next movie uh checked out last scene alive Um, This was released June 3rd of this year, but it got added to Netflix on the 1st of October. Has a runtime of an hour and 35 minutes, directed by Brian Goodman. And it stars Gerard Butler, Jamie Alexander, Russell Hornsby, and Ethan Embry. Uh, It's about Will's soon-to-be wife, well, soon-to-be ex-wife, mysteriously vanishes at a gas station. He delves into the, the town's criminal underbelly while running from the authorities in a race against time to find her. So <clears throat> they're basically on a road trip because they're taking a break. Um, Will's wife is kind of going through some things. She's feeling numb. She just wants to go live with her parents for a little bit. So, you know, they kind of have a little, little, I guess, little moments where you see maybe there's a little spark there, but they um will notices his he's about to run out of gas and you know Lisa, which is uh Jamie Alexander's character, is like, you know, my parents' house is just fifteen minutes away. And he's like, Well, do you want to push? Because we're gonna end up running out of gas if before we get there. So he pulls into the gas station, she goes in by a bottle of water, and she ends up seeing somebody that either she knows or just some stranger. And like Will doesn't see it at all, but in the background you see her go t- talk to this gentleman, and a big truck pulls up. And when the truck pulls away, she's gone. So once he does turn it around, he's wondering what's taking her so long. He goes inside and asks whether or not anybody inside has seen her. Checks the bathroom; both men and women's empty. He asks mm-hmm. the clerk, Oscar, who's kind of acting weird, but he's like, "No, I haven't seen her, man." And so he eventually calls police, which is where. Russell Hornsby, Detective Patterson shows up and, you know, he's kind of he's kind of acting weird, too. Like, I'm like, you know, is he, you know, dirty or what have you? Just is, he's got yeah. got suspicious behavior, just like Oscar, the clerk. But, um, you know, he tells him just to stay here. Uh, we'll get an APB out and try to see if we can find her. One thing Will does not know, he does not stay in one place. <laughs> he keeps moving. Yeah. Before the detective shows up, he goes to Lisa's parents house to see if she came there. 
And of course, they kind of get on him, like, you know, she's supposed to be with you. You know, like, what's up? So he goes back to the gas station. Detective shows up and he tells her, like, you know, I went to the parents' house. She's not there. It's like, but we told you to stay here, you know. So Detective asked to see the 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 videotape because they have cameras mm-hmm. in the area. Boss was like, man, my system's down. doesn't work. So Detective leaves. Apparently, Will has um, a keen eye, sense of, I guess, a keen awareness, knows that the cameras mm-hmm. are working. And he's like, hey, what, what kind of stuff are you pulling? So he forcefully takes the, I guess, the VCR where they have every, the, the device that records and stores all the data, takes to the police station. And, you know, he's kind of, in a way, acting weird on his own, you know, suspicious. And so the detective's like, you know, starts asking him questions like, is your marriage doing all right? Did you cheat? Did she cheat? You know, and kind of find out that in the past she did and and asked whether he has insurance on her. It's like, yeah, you know, it's a couple million. Like, you know, it's, you know, like he's saying too much. <laughs> but and so, you know, the detective's kind of just questioning, kind of just going through, I guess, through the motions of what's really going on. Is she missing or yeah. did you kill her? You know, but, you know, it just shows just Will is basically just determined to find her. He's willing to do his own detective work, kind of like Batman in a way. He starts putting the pieces together. Um, and it's just, I guess, kind of like you're running a mill movie in a mm-hmm. way. It's, you know, it's a, it's a cool streaming movie. Um, it's Gerard Butler doing Gerard Butler things. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it was fun. Cool little 90 minutes, you know. It's mm-hmm. not, not too long. I was entertained from it. You know, I was I was interested in what was going on. Had some little twists that I didn't expect, but um, you know, it's kind of by the book, by the numbers type feel. Not bad, not great, but it's watchable. Yeah. You know who has a uh, executive producer credit on it? Former past two time past guest Raul Lurie huh. as an executive producer his. His production company, Perfection Hunter, along with Voltage, produced the film, and he has an executive producing credit. That's cool. He did post about it. <laughs> so, and uh, I guess Brian Goodman's also an actor. He produced and wrote. Uh, it was produced and wrote by uh, his other good friend, Mark Frid- Friedman. Friedman. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Rod and. Uh, Brian Goodman had worked uh, together for years, and yeah, he was very excited that his, he was very excited that the movie was number one on Netflix for for a time. I still plan on watching. I haven't just seen it yet. I mean, it's, it's worth a watch. I mean, it's kind of yeah. predictable what happens, but it's it, not. Did bad. you ever watch? Did you ever watch The Vanishing? Mm-hmm. Either either version, the original or uh, Kiefer Sutherland and Sandra Bullock when Sandra Bullock was first getting started. Sandra Bullock with long hair before she then chopped it, you know. Um, but yeah, it seems similar. At least the beginning part of it seems similar. Um, it's actually pretty good. I really liked it. I'm trying to think of who else. Kiefer Sutherland. Was it Dennis Quaid? It was Dennis Quaid and Sandra Bullock. Like 1991. It's like forever ago. <laughs> Feels like at least. It says Jeff Bridges, Kiefer Sutherland. Jeff Bridges, that's who it was. That's Travis yeah. Underbullet. Yeah. 
pretty it was a pretty good movie even back then. I actually really liked it. So maybe it's a roundabout remake in a way. Could be. I mean, or at least very I inspired. Have to watch yeah. it. See. Yeah. Yeah. Watch it and give that's your homework. Comparison. Back to me. Yes. Um then um Jamie Alexander plays Lady Sith in the yeah. storm. Yeah, it's like it's like where do I recognize her from? Because she looks <laughs> she looks a little you. different. Yep. Ah, that's her. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, so I'm kind of splitting up because I just remembered I watched a movie with York this week and I watched a movie with Grayson this week. So I'm going to split this one into two parts because mm-hmm. uh, everybody has pretty much seen both. Well, everyone's seen the movie E.T. I would like to think other than I mean, maybe a handful of people haven't. Yeah. But, you know, like for me, my. Child, my childhood tra- traumatic movie was Willy Wonka the Chocolate Factory because I was on. I, I we I've told this story about me feeling like I, they were going to end up coming for me in my sleep because I was that ornery little kid that had a hard time listening sometimes or what, had too much Oompa energy. Oompa Loompa Loompa yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Ruth's Ruth's childhood trauma is E.T. But she will not watch it because it is it can't it has some it definitely has some sad moments in. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I, I, yes, I got an E.T. pop figure of E.T. holding the flowers. And, yes, I'd started hiding in a couple of places, you know, because you do and things up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Usually with Pennywise, but, you know, we've kind of kind of spicing things up a little bit this year. Um, I even put it in the in one of her potted plants, which she said the plant then died. I'm like, no, your plant was already dead. E.T., if you remember, actually brings plants back to life. But whatever. Beyond his will. <laughs> yeah. I ended up I ended up uh putting it on our on our uh generic version of a Roomba. Mm-hmm. So when it was vacuuming around I taped E.T. to the to the top of it. So he's like riding it around like a spaceship. <laughs> it's cruel. And that's man. where he still is. Yep. <laughs> and that's where he still is. Ruth came in from repotting some plants and she saw it start cracking up laughing. I said, see? Nothing to be afraid of. Nope. Just over here trying. E.T.'s just trying to clean home. Yep. Can't E.T. get home, so I'll clean. <laughs> yep. E.T. clean home. E.T. clean. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. This E.T. that came out. E.T. the extraterrestrial. You know. Show some respect. Yeah. Uh, Came out in 1982, so this movie is 40 years old. It's rated PG, an hour and 55 minutes long. A troubled child summons the courage to help a friendly alien escape from Earth and return to his home planet. So, just real quick, obviously, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Henry Thomas, Drew Barrymore, Peter Coyote, D. Wallace, uh, Robert McNaughton, Casey Martell, Sean Fry, C. Thomas Hell, uh, Erica Eleniak. So, yeah. And, anyways, I wanted to see what Grayson thought. And I warned her ahead of time. I said, now listen, this movie's going to be fun. It's going to mm-hmm. be funny, but it's also going to be sad. There are going to be some sad parts in this movie, but I want you to understand no one, no one or any. So let me let me rephrase that. Not no one. 
there is no death in this family or in this movie. Okay. Nothing dies in this movie. No person, no thing dies in this movie. Okay. So even if you think that's what it's looking like, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it's not what's going to happen. I said, I'll spoil that much. Cause I don't want you getting super sad about it, you know? And yeah, cause I, cause to my, the story keeps being told in my family's about how that's my grandparents, my grandfather, you know, uh, on my mom's side took me to go see it and asked if I was crying. And of course I'm like, no, you know, and I'm pulling my eyes out. Um, cause yeah, there's some very touching, sad moments in this movie. And yeah, as Ruth put it, it's a traumatic movie in which this is where you learn to distrust adults in the government. I was like, <sighs> okay, Ruth. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> we'll go with that. And if you really need a movie to to teach you that, okay. But that's, she's like, the, it turns out the monster isn't the real monsters. It's, it's that humans are the real monsters. I'm like, I said, well, yeah, but that's shown in most movies like yeah. this where, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's basically Jurassic Park too. I mean, it's just, or as well. You know, the real yeah. monsters aren't the dinosaurs aren't aren't what's destroying the world. It's humans that are destroying. Yeah, we get it. It's an environment. I get it. Yeah, yeah. It's whatever. It's all morality morality tales in the end <laughs> about how we should be nicer to people and and things that we don't understand. Anyways, she she said after watching it, and I hadn't watched this movie in years. I mean, it'd been forever since I'd watched it. Yeah, because I just it's not one that I'm like, oh, I really want to really got, you know, really want to watch E.T. I got this thing I wrote, you know. So but at the same time, uh, Ruth's best friend came into town this weekend. So the two of them were at the Keith Urban concert. So it was just me and the kids at the house. I'm like, this is the perfect time for us to watch this. You decide to go upstairs, go hang out with us, go, go rest and, you know play video games with his friends not hating them go for it man yeah so grayson liked it we had a lot of daddy daughter cuddle time which is nice but yeah she got a little sad but she said she she liked the movie except for the sad parts i go well that's most movies i don't think most people like sad parts of movies but yeah but she did she did end up liking it now fast forward the day before that Grayson's at gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Just York and I at the house. So after watching Bullet Train, I showed Yorick the trailer for Kick-Ass with Aaron Taylor Johnson as a kid. Yeah. So you'll like this. I said, so you like him, you'll like, th- you'll like him in this. And so I show him the trailer. He's like, oh, my God, that looks awesome. Said, All right, we'll watch him one night, okay? It'll obviously be one night when, you know, when the ladies aren't home or at least they're upstairs or something. Mm-hmm. And so we watched it Thursday night and he absolutely loved it. Like it's, and I hadn't, and again, I hadn't watched it in a little while. So I completely forgot about the first five minutes of the movie with the narration and him talking about getting on the computer. And basically there's a whole like masturbation scene and him looking at porn. And I'm like, just now remembering that too. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, I should have watched this before we watched this, but I'm like, all right, we're just going to just keep, I'm going to just keep talking over it and see if he wants more popcorn if he, <laughs> or anything else yeah. while they're talking about all that because maybe he's looking at his phone. But Filter that out. <laughs> but hey, guess what? No questions, <laughs> which I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> Time will come. Um, yep. Sadly, you're right. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, he absolutely loved it. And I forgot how much fun it is. To, that movie is, and it is brutal. And Chloe Grace Moretz is amazing. Nick Cage as doing his best Adam West '66 Batman impression still brings me joy. Yep. Still one of my favorite roles of his, even though his death scene is so Nick Cage over the top. Nick Cage. I was like, who approved this? Because this is <laughs> stupid. Stupidly ridiculous, but whatever. But such a fun movie. Definitely not age appropriate for an 11 year old. But, you know, he's seen some other things that are not age appropriate for him. And considering what he has seen, this is really not that bad. Yeah. John Wick will still be it's the boss. John Wick. <laughs> yep. John, yep. John Wick still has, still has, still holds the. Still holds the championship. Yep. Still at number one. So. Yep. But yeah, they both enjoyed those two movies in their own respective way. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Still recommend both movies too. All right. Um. Well, next one. I'm not gonna talk about too too long. Um. Mm. It's an older movie. I watched the core. Yeah. Which came out March 28, 2003. Ooh, it was 23 at that time. <laughs> yeah. Um, two hours, 15 minutes. Directed by John Emile. Stars Aaron Eckert, Hilary Swank, Delroy Lindo, Stanley Tucci, DJ Qualls, Richard Jenkins, uh, Teheki Cario. Uh, Cario. Jackie Cairo. Uh, Ah, thank you. That's don't ask me why I know how to pronounce that name. I've seen him in so much stuff. I finally had to figure out how to say it. Uh, Great Bruce, character actor. Bruce Greenwood and Alfre Woodard. Uh, the only way to save Earth from catastrophe is to drill down to the core and set it spinning again. So, one of our coworkers had talked mm-hmm. about it a couple of times, specifically for this one scene. So basically. On Earth, the magnetic structure of the Earth is thrown off. So everything's out of whack. Electricity, all kind of devices are just kind of malfunctioning. Birds are going crazy. You know, just flying into buildings, windows, cars, everything. There's just one scene with all the birds are flying. And there's a shot where the birds are running to the window. And there's a, a fish that's thrown in a mix just randomly. And so I watched the scene at least five times and didn't see it. <laughs> then on the sixth time, I'm like... Oh, I see. I see it. And so, you know, like her theory was that they just put it in there to see who's paying attention. And yeah. So like if I if I wasn't really if she didn't say anything, I wouldn't even call it. Yeah. <laughs> it took six times before I actually saw it. Dang. And, um, well, you know, if it flies, yeah. it spies. Yeah. So, like maybe one of the <laughs> birds had it and it just got <laughs> caught in the mix <laughs> or something. Um, but um, it's just know, your it sounds spirit. fishy. Like it's just that's really so random. 
Yeah. Because it's like, all right. But it, it's basically a disaster movie. You got to gather a team to go dick to the core to restart the, to start whatever. <laughs> um, you know, you're going to lose some people along the way. Typically, you end up with two or three, which here you got two to survive. And it was cool. It was, it was, it was fun for what it was. But I mostly watched it for that. And then afterwards, you know, DJ Qualls, he's funny. He plays Rat. He's the, the tech guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how I, I never watched it when it came out. I don't know how I missed it. I still haven't seen bro. I still haven't seen it. I'm like, yeah, I don't think this is for me. I mean, it's cool. Cause it's when all the space movies were coming out and stuff like yeah. that. All the, during the big disaster space, I, you know, yeah. day after tomorrow, deep impact, Armageddon, all that stuff. But Red one planet thing, and some of those. Oh yeah. Others. Remember that. Um, but one thing that stood out is that the, um, I guess, the vehicle or their sh- mm-hmm. their ship or whatever you yeah. want to call it that they use, they make it out of a material called unobtainium. And I was like, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> so I heard that before. Yeah, wait <laughs> a minute. The, which is the same material in Avatar, which came out six years oh my later. God, they're the same. So they're like, from the same universe. Is this, is this the company that's there that's <laughs> trying to mine more because they want to make more? you know, their weapons and their vehicles out of this material because I think the unobtainium in this where like the heat or energy, like it instead of it destroying the material, like it get the fuel off of it. It's kind of like a solar panel. It pulls energy in. So like vibranium is what you're trying to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like unobtainium. All right. I don't know if they I don't know if Avatar just took the name from it, thought, hey, this is cool or it's a, the some same kind universe. Of, it's the same universe. It's yeah, gotta some, be. And somehow this is the company that got this that we need more. All right, well we're gonna start <laughs> creating bodies with human DNA to get into this these indigenous people's planet <laughs> and get more. I'm like, all right. I, that's all, that's one thing that stuck out for that for me. Yeah. Like, all right, let me find out. <laughs> Yep. The core and uh, related to Avatar. Hey, maybe this will be in this. Maybe all your all your questions will be answered in the new movie. See, so see. <laughs> Sounds like a core idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Wow. Uh, okay. Well, for me to wrap things up, um, for me at least, I know you got one more. Put your two cents in on. Um, for me, the you know it's that time of year for me. Uh, this week coming up is our trifecta birthday week. Uh, you know my grandfather who had passed, birthday's on the twelfth, and you know Ruth's is on the thirteenth, and mine's on the fourteenth. And every you know every year we've done this podcast, I've done for his birthday or his birthday week, I always do an Evan Costello movie. Because that's what he raised, you know. He introduced me to that, and I've, my love for that type of comedy and black and white movies, and and uh, where it really my sense of humor was kind of built on those on those two uh, comedians. And so, you know, for me, every year I feel like I want to, you know, kind of honor my grandfather's memory by talking about an Abbott Costello movie. Uh, 
one I know hadn't been discussed, and this honestly is not even my favorite my favorite one, but I wanted to talk about it because it's still kind of in the realm of Halloween. This is 1955's Abbott and Costello Meet the Mummy. So Abbott and Costello, mainly, most of their pictures are mainly with Universal. So that's how they were able to use a lot of the Universal monster, movie monsters uh, for their movies, like Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. They were able to get them all in that one. And Meet the Invisible Man, they were able to use like all that stuff. They were able to kind of milk from that, from those from that formula there. So this is their their last film together. Uh, that they so it's about two bumbling Americans stumble upon or stumble on the discovery of a lifetime when their search for a mummy leads them to a sacred medallion that holds the key to buried treasure. So it's kind of funny. There's the the movie itself is not super great. You could tell that they're I don't want to say lose, that they've lost a step, but the movie's not real. It still has a lot of great funny moments in it, but you could tell they're not as sharp as they had been in a lot of their previous films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this movie is an hour and nineteen minutes long. It's not. It's a very fairly short movie and so there so bud abbott plays pete pattinson lou costello plays freddie franklin they are never referred to those characters at all during the movie in fact lou costello even does the hey abbott in the movie and they refer to each other by their actual name like bud and lou yeah, and not their actual character names. And the fact, the only way you know that they actually have different names other than Bud and Lou is that the credits show them who showed who which character they played. <laughs> uh, the it was this movie was directed by Charles Lamont and was written by John Grant and Lee uh, Loeb. It's again, it's got a lot of the kind of funnier moments in it, but it it does kind of it's de- I mean, I'll be the first one to admit it's not one of my favorites, but it's one that I still enjoy watching from time to time. I mean, I own I own a digital and I own all their stuff either on VHS or DVD, one format or another, all yeah. 52 films. Um but yeah, <laughs> It it is really funny. Uh, stuntman Eddie Parker, who plays so the the mummy in all the mummy franchise movies. I think there's I want to say like five, four or five mummy movies mm-hmm. uh, from that time period that they did sequel upon sequel upon sequel on. The mummy is always Karis K H A R I S or Karis. This one. They literally changed it to Claris, K-L-A-R-I-S, for whatever reason, even though it's a universal movie. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't know why. Uh, but yeah, so the stuntman that played the mummy previously doubled as Lon Chaney Jr. Uh, or doubled Lon Chaney Jr. as Karis in Universal's earlier mummy films. 
So on November 20 on November 25th, 1954, the day after filming completed, Bud Ebb and Luke Costello arrived in New York City to ride on the first float of the annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. So that was kind of cool. Uh, Luke Costello had been suffering from rheumatic fever prior to filming, hence his slightly kind of uh, sickly appearance. That's why I'm saying you can kind of tell they didn't really have it in them. Yeah. Uh, making this one, they, you know, Lou was sick. And yeah, it just, it was kind of tough going for him. Uh, the camera that Lou Costello uses to take a picture of the dead, of the dead Dr. Zoomer is a Polaroid model 95A, which is one of the earliest, pic, quote, picture in a minute, end quote, cameras pioneered by Edwin Land of the Polaroid Company. So, using some space age technology. Yeah. So, Get of his time. Uh, yeah, this is the last time Bud Abbott would be seen with his pen on a. Um, and Luke Costello film. Uh, but yeah, it's um, it again. I did like it. It's just it's just not one of the better ones. It it is. If you want to see Evan Costello and a mummy, just watch Evan Costello meet Frankenstein. Yeah. They'll have that in there also. Uh, it's just it's one of those you know they are they're still we're trying to. Get that money grab. You know, Universal's still trying to make money off of that, but also off of Evan Costello because they I forgot what the budget was for for Evan Costello meet Frankenstein. It was like a hundred and eighty thousand, I think. And they raked in like ten million dollars. Which wow. in that time you know, in that time. Big. Yeah. So of course they're gonna try and keep making those kind of creature feature movies with those guys to keep making that money mm-hmm. even though it's a similar kind of plot or you know thing hell they a lot of those movies it's it's kind of funny because i think when they make those movies back then universal i know recycled a lot of the music for their movies mm-hmm. and then just popped them in other movies and so i noticed that going back and re-watching the old diamond costume i was like hey this is also the same music for this movie and unfortunately they also used it in this movie just recycle a lot of you know yeah i guess that way could they just kind of just get save them out money. quicker save yeah money. save money and they did the same thing for this one and it's uh i don't think they really i think it's one of those things if you think about it back in the 40s and 50s they're not thinking about people being able to watch things over and over again you know because tv was new i mean you know what's a rerun <laughs> you know what i mean right. um i mean i mean heck technically hold on yeah uh this movie came out in 1955 the same year marty mcfly went back to the future <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> so like i said what's a re so i you know when so when they're recycling music nobody's gonna think hey this is from this movie because that movie came out like four or five years ago. Nobody's really going to remember that one so much. True. So they, you know, not really showing movies on TV yet because there's because it's all new. So still have that. It's kind of feel. Yeah. So and you know, nobody's thinking that far in the future we're going to be able to do that. So yeah. 
it, but it's still humorous though. Um, it, one thing I always felt was kind of tragic. So they were, you know, mul- they were millionaires. They made all kinds of money between radio, doing radio uh, for uh, doing radio for a, a bunch of years, making 52 movies, mm-hmm. also having uh, a TV show as well. A uh, TV show, I think, was on after, right after. I think the TV show was like around this time period as well. Okay. So all that money. And then the IRS, they basically had problems with the, with the IRS, and then they wound up. By the time they got all sorted out, they all they both wound up practically broke. Yeah, I was like, damn. So it's, I mean, it's just sad. But it's, but like uh, when they first started as a comedy team, Lou Costello, the arrangement was that. They, you know, he made he he made sure the arrangement was Abbott got sixty percent and he got forty, because he said comics are a dime a dozen, but straight men are price you know are priceless because they're hard to find. Right. So he made sure Abbott got paid more than he did, because it was always harder to it's always harder to have a good straight man than it is to have a comic. So I always thought that was cool. Yeah. And true, I mean. Very true. Because anybody can act like a buffoon. It's harder to be the one that doesn't laugh as a person yeah. acting like a complete fool. True. <laughs> That's true. So, so uh, but yeah. All right. Um, yeah, Evan Costello will meet the mummy. It's cute. It'd be a good one to watch with the family because no one's going to get scared in this one. It's silly. Most of their, their, All their movies are silly. I think the fact that it's in black and white helps it. And, you know, for the scary parts, they rely a lot on the still the noir kind of feel of using shadows and things like that to create atmosphere and and uh, a scary vibe. So even in comedies. So, yep. All right. I'm done. All right. Uh, final one. Just want to give my two cents on on the come up you spoke about. Mm-hmm. last time um i did like it i like it um and to confirm the move used to take brie down was either a choke slam or a rock bottom it's kind of hard to tell because the editing because <laughs> they kind of chopped it up a little bit so first it looked like a choke slam but then i think it was either probably a rock bottom which is still excessive either way <laughs> for that and yeah. um i was like it should have been fired immediately <laughs> <laughs> Period. Well, even if she was selling drugs, you don't right. do that. <laughs> Whether if, yeah, even if even if it was a even if it was a, a, a male student, don't do that. <laughs> you don't do that. No. You're an adult. <laughs> it's a kids. I mean, just I mean, but picked her up like you know. Yeah, I was like, all right, <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> yeah, she was selling several pounds of dope, but it's a kid. <laughs> you don't do that. And by dope, I mean Skittles. Yeah, they literally candy. It's crazy. Like I don't know what what he woke up on, kind of attitude he woke up with. But ridiculous. Um, and then as far as the battle sequences, I thought they were good. You know, especially since they were just straight freestyle and there was no music. They were just just going. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, Method Man is in great shape. Yeah. And then also Sanaa Lathan 
even though she's playing yep. a drug, a, a, an ex drug abuser, mm-hmm. she looks good. <laughs> yep. Um, I've 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 loved her since uh, loving basketball. So yeah. Um, and then this is with the battle rap. It's more of a family friendly approach. You know, it's not yes. over, too over the top. It's kind of like after school special in a way. But right. it's still still enjoyable, worth watching. So if you got Paramount Plus, definitely check it out. Yeah. Awesome. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, real quick uh, for TVs. She Hulk. We finally see Daredevil. Yeah. Hey. We, we see there. more Daredevil than. Uh, we, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that post you you uh, you did today was great. <laughs> the meme. It's like Daredevil having sex in Daredevil. Fans liking it. Daredevil having sex in She Hulk. Fans liking it. The other <laughs> than the internet. Yeah. We I still he do the walk of shame. <laughs> yeah. There he do the walk. I'm like, that was funny. I'm like, all That's right. Freaking hilarious. Carrying yeah. his boots and everything. Cracking up. Broad daylight. I was like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'll that was laugh. hilarious. I, dude, I loved it. It like, just shows yes. the effect of She Hulk. She, she got yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. She put, she put that thunderclap on him. that's amazing i like this way to put that that. (laughs) that's and and that's amazing Uh, but no it's it was a lot of fun and yeah how dare matt Matt murdoch have a sense of humor yeah dude he had a sense of humor in the series too when like they didn't utilize it a whole lot but i mean damn it's a, it's the, hey, you got Matt Murdock and Daredevil in the MCU. He's there. Just be happy. Yes, be happy with that. Exactly. Jesus. Folks are just picking and picking, just nitpicking. Yeah. Like, come on now. I'd be more mad about his suit. I'd st- like, I know it's canon. Yeah. But, I, that, that, but so what? That's still an ugly ass suit. It's ugly in the comics and it's ugly here. Mustard and ketchup. <laughs> yep, mustard and ketchup, really? I was like, damn. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. But it like, so Frank Miller did a Daredevil Yellow that, uh, where he, it's like a four issue graphic novel called Daredevil mm-hmm. Yellow. Or is it, oh, where is it? Might be Brubaker. Ugh. Shame on me for not knowing that one. Uh, but yeah, and the story's good, but I, it, I just wish I knew why the costume, though, because the it's just not. Yeah, it's just not. It's not a good look. Everybody goes. I don't like the yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I know Tim Sill did the artwork, but did the oh Jeff Loeb, sorry Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale because they did uh, Daredevil Yellow, they did Captain America White. Anyways, they also did the Long Halloween. Batman Long Halloween, uh, Haunted Night, and a couple others that are really good as well. Daredevil Yellow, I'm not a fan, but I get I get it. It's just not my favorite look. Yeah, mustard and ketchup, not, not a good combo. But still a great episode. I enjoyed it. Leading up to the finale. Big to see her cold. costume. Yep, see her costume. got to see her costume. Yep, like, all right, there we go. We literally got to see, and we literally got to see her Hulk out. <laughs> she was <oof. laughs> putting her business up on a big screen. Mm. Yep, yeah, like, like, no, this ain't cool. And 
We'll see where that leads for this last episode. Yes, for this final yeah. episode this week. Yeah. Uh, I so real quick, I watched uh, Star Wars: Terrifying Tales. That's on Disney Plus. Uh, it's about forty minutes. There's about three or four little stories within this kind of overarch that connects with this overarching story, and it's really good. Like it's so entertaining. I love it when they do Lego Star Wars stuff. Because they always put in so many references to pop culture, other TV and movies, and it's just they do it always do such an amazing job, and I love it. They have this one entire like I guess you call it vignette or whatever mm-hmm. uh, story where it's like a Lost Boys story, and with Kylo Ren, and I think Christian Christian Slater actually does the voice of the character that's supposed to be Keith Kiefer Sutherland's character. And it's it's about Kylo Ren joining the Knights of Ren, but like the Lost Boys, it's it's awesome. I love it. I just it's one of my favorite things. Um, so definitely, if you haven't watched that, do yourself a favor, take forty minutes to watch that. Uh, and there's this whole thing about a monkey paw, but instead of a monkey paw, it's the Chewbacca paw, the Chewy yeah. paw. Yeah. <laughs> also hilarious. Also hilarious. Love it. I like um, how I like with that one, like no matter what that story was, the ending is yeah. still the same. <laughs> still yes. the person that I was like, hey, it's like, no matter what, this is what you were destined to do. Yes. Either way. <laughs> yep. 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 But I loved it. I thought it was great. So entertaining. Yep. Uh, and then lastly, for me, at least the Marvel Studios Halloween special. Werewolf by Night. Knowing absolutely nothing about this. Didn't watch a trailer. Didn't watch, don't know any any backstory of this comic. Just went, all right, it's in black and white. I am a sucker for anything shot in black and white. I will probably (laughs) immediately love whatever it is because it's shot in black and white. I was in the, I am, I am this target. I am the target audience for this. The story itself is very interesting uh, to begin with. First of all, it stars uh, Gael Garcia Bernal, and who is always great in anything he does. And he just always adds just so much. What I mean, it could be pretty much anything. Is he has an intensity about him? Like there's always like this. Reserved intensity. I don't know how to really explain it, but like he just has this look. Like you know, there's something, there's something going on behind those eyes, and that's always fascinating. Whenever actors, can, actors and actresses can do that. So, uh, Werewolf by Night is 52 minutes long, rated TV 14. Uh, follows a lycanthrope super, uh, superhero who fights evil using the abilities given to him by a curse brought on by his bloodline. So essentially, this is a gathering of monster hunters because the person that owns this bloodstone has passed. So they're now basically doing a monster hunt to see who gets to to see who wins, 
to see who then gets the bloodstone. It's kind of the the story itself is kind of lame. However, like the when you think about oh this is what the plot is okay, but the characters are so rich, and the way they look, the way they act, and you know uh, how they you know what their motivation is and the fact that it's shot in black and white and it just radiates old classic Hollywood horror movies Mm. and like everything from the look to the feel to the, to how the characters look, you know, just kind of just, just radiates old, you know, old classic Hollywood horror movies. And I absolutely, I'm like, I'm, the more they showed, the more they had like little homages to old horror movies that I'm just like, I'm loving every bit of this. I don't even care if this is like the dumbest, you know, I don't even care if that's literally the plot because you're really, cause you're the whole point is to be introduced to these Marvel characters. Yeah. Being the where being, a uh, Gael Garcia Bernal's character. His character's name is Jack Russell. Literally the name of a dog breed, but <laughs> in, in the end, <laughs> A werewolf, but whatever. Laura Donnelly plays Elsa uh, Bloodstone, who is the heiress, I guess, technically, to mm-hmm. the to the Bloodstone itself. The Bloodstone, from what I could gather, helps basically ward off monsters. Like, it keeps them away more, more than anything. Yeah. So, as they try to attack you, it, like, shoots them back. Yeah. A distance. Uh, but there is just so much going on. It's awesome. This, the cast is great. It's very diverse. There's just so much going on. Uh, you learn Jack Russell's secret, hidden secret, that he's a werewolf. Uh, we are introduced to Man-Thing, which, oh my God, don't be on his bad side. Jeez Louise. Oh. Nope. <laughs> oh. But sorry, Ted. <laughs> I like. I just like just, you know he doesn't talk, but he grunts, and they just kind of have yeah. that almost like that Han Solo, Chewie, yeah, uh, Rocket, and and um, group kind of thing. Yeah, they, they understand each other. Kind of psychic connection. Yeah, kind of yeah. more of a bonded. <laughs> and yes, and so it's like if you see Ted, tell him I went this way. Like who's Ted? Right. So and then Ted leaves her alone and yeah. I say, oh you know my name guess you're cool okay. <laughs> yeah all right you know my name's Ted we'll go with that yeah what a great tell you that <laughs> yeah absolutely great though I mean it's even how pretty faithful he looks to the comic book character I mean he's Marvel's version of Swamp Thing except he grunts and doesn't actually use words yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's great. I mean, it was just shot really well. The fight scenes were choreographed great. The use of shadows, how he transforms into the werewolf, very reminiscent of old Hollywood style, using the shadows to do the do the special effects for you essentially. Yeah. Oh, great! Just loved it. Absolutely loved it. Very. I'm definitely watching it for sure. And I hate that it was only like essentially the length of an episode. Really, depending on what series. Yeah, no, I knew it wasn't, and it was only a one shot. But I was like, of all things, to not be a series. To me, I've said, told you this, and I 
a couple other people I was texting, told them, I go, I like this. This To me, this is the best thing Marvel has put out. Marvel slash Disney has put out in a while. Mm-hmm. Like To me, this is the most enjoyable thing I've watched. That's including Andor, Obi-Wan. I mean, I like She-Hulk for what it is. I like this more than Moon Knight, which I'm pretty certain they'll probably face I, yeah. off in Moon Knight because I believe Moon Knight was actually introduced into was actually introduced in the comic Werewolf by Night. So I'm sure they'll meet up at some point. But yeah, I definitely a fan. <clears throat> definitely recommend. Definitely recommend. <laughs> Perfect. I, I like everything black and white except for the Bloodstone. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, just that red. Yep. Exactly. Until the end, until everything's over, then you're almost wondering, wait, was this a dream? Right. Or did this really happen? Yeah. Let's go back. Let's go back. Stay, yeah. stay in black and white. <laughs> yeah, just keep it there, man. That's more of this. Yeah, this is this is your sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I was very happy with it. And that's all I got. Yeah, I mean, I have watched um, a couple more Walking Dead. Watched the first two yeah. for the remaining eight. Um, I just want to see where this all lead, leads up to. <laughs> That's, I mean, the, I mean, the episodes are good. They have a lot of tension going on in the community they're in. Um, there's a lot going on. I'm just gonna wait till the end. Yeah. See, because I mean, so far this season has been better. I just wish they wouldn't stretch it out like they were. You know, first, yeah. four, first eight break next eight break now we got the last eight i just want to know what they're what they're gonna do <laughs> where's this like, gonna lead to we're just i can't quit you <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not quitting you but i just need to know it's is like, this gonna be a satisfying ending considering all of the yeah. decisions that were made as far as the cast and yeah uh, i don't know it's been an interesting ride <laughs> for having started from yes. season three mid-season three Going back and then just being there ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like watching a Titans game almost. <laughs> Stressful. <laughs> Try being a Missouri Tigers fan. <laughs> bless them. God bless them. They're, they'll be really good next year because they're showing such such promise, but they're just they just can't cross that finish line. They can they can hold on for the majority of the game and then just like now nah, we we just uh, we can't so it'll be all right though it'll be all right yeah all right well thank you everybody for listening to this very extended episode we had a lot to talk about this week and that's a good thing because that means there's a lot of good content out yeah. and uh, that makes everybody happy I think. And some good, I mean, literally good content. I don't think we had one that we really were dissatisfied with, you know, and that's, sometimes that's hard to do. And there's one I am saving that I was just kind of meh on, but I still feel like it's worth talking about. um, Because there's some good discussion to be had there. But we'll save that for a later date. This week we have Halloween Ends coming up Friday. Da-da-da. Yep, yep. I'm sure there's some other things, but that's kind of the main thing that I think we'll be focusing on for the next episode. Yep. So we hope everybody continues to have an amazing Rocktober as we stretch on to almost the halfway point already. No. Just next thing you know, it's going to be busted. Christmas. 
We always get Thanksgiving Shoot. for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. Oof. Goodness. Watch out. Yeah. We'll be here. All right. Everybody, we will talk to you all next Rocktober week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.